was just going to say, I don't think I've ever played a rhythm game, for real. You should. They're great. Give me your Steam address and I will buy you four right now. (laughs) (laughs) No. Fletch will do it. I will do it. Don't do that. Hello, and welcome to the 2020 yearly pop-punk roundup by Gotta Get Out of This Town. A, a 2000 emo pop and pop-punk retrospective, I guess, although we're not doing the 2000 today. We're doing two decades from the 2000, 2020. The best year there is. This week, we're doing the Tobies, baby. The What? The Tobies, our celebration of the best pop punk of the year in review. Why the Tobies? Because of the fact that I will never not love Electronic Gaming Monthly's awards, the Tobies, which were for some of the worst games of any given year, named after Tobias Bruckner, the Confederate general who rode a raptor and hated Indians from Turok Evolution. (laughs) Okay. The Tobies. Sure. That's a real thing that happened in a game. I mean, I am aware of the Turok series. I'm not, and I'd like to keep it that way. (laughs) Don't start with evolution, no matter how interesting I just made it sound. (laughs) Welcome to Gotta Shoot the Dinosaurs, a 2000 Turok retrospective. I would also be on that show. Uh, Probably have more fun with, like, well... There, I, I don't know that if there's a lot of uh, space jump for Turok, but like a retrospective of old games involving dinosaurs, that would be dope. The problem is we would be trapped in caveman games through the 80s. <laughs> yeah. Just nothing but Wonder Boy, Bonk, and Joe and Mac for about five years. So the trick is to go backwards, so we, we postpone that bit at the end. So we start with Dino Crisis 3, the best one. Oh, no. Oh, no. We'd have to do Darkest of Days. Because that comes after Dino Crisis 3. Which one is that one? Darkest of Days is a very broken first-person shooter where you are a time cop who gets flung around through different periods of history. Think Bad Daikatana. Huh. I never heard of it. For what platform did it come on? 360, and I think there was a PC port. Okay, cool. Then we can do Dino Crisis 3. The one thing I remember about that game is that in one of the FMVs at the beginning of the game, uh, Tyrannosaurus Rex just sneaks behind the protagonist. It's just like you have this camera pan and there's like a Tyrannosaurus behind them and they didn't notice, which is hilarious. So to be fair, that's objectively that the best Dino Crisis. To every survival horror protagonist ever, including Aya Brea, who is the best of them all. Hmm. Anyhow, should we explain what we're talking about today? Probably. Yes. So, I, the one person who listens to pop punk and emo music in her spare time, compiled a playlist of about 3 hours 20 of pure pop punk and emo from this year. Well, from last year. This year. The year that already passed. The, the year that just passed. Yeah, we're recording this in 2021. Let's not pretend. And it will come out in 2021, because linear time is a thing. Boo. 
and uh, and yeah, and I forced my co-host to listen to it. At gunpoint. Now we're going. Let's be clear. <laughs> we're much. Americans. We do everything at gunpoint. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, and we're gonna talk about it. So you can find the playlist if you want to listen to it at getoutofthistown.com slash 2020 roundup all one word 2020 roundup and yeah you can listen to it and if you want to write to us and tell us that we missed something that we choose really crap music to put on there you want to insult us you want to tell us that we're great uh, you can do it at whatever our email is getoutofthistownpodcast at gmail.com yeah, this is a bit more of a loose episode today because, uh, yeah. It's after the holidays and we're all hungover and this is what you get. Also, Fletch gets to edit this so I don't have to, like, make my job easier here. <laughs> I did what now? Oh, you said you were going to edit this. Right, yes. Okay, get me these tracks later. Surprise. Sorry, I know that that was for the previous recording that we had scheduled, but I thought that still stood. No, it did. I just entirely forgot about that. However, I have multiple weeks until this has to be done, so I have time. Yeah, you, you, you have whatever, however time, however much time you want. So, shall we? Oh, I, sh I actually had like, I had vague notes on this thing. Uh, I, I I did write the guide to the playlist for y'all to follow. I did so. use that guide. My notes are based on that guide. Neat. So I am, I'm opening up those notes. Yeah. Um, this is, uh, you know, when you listen to the playlist, this is more, it's less of a playlist and more of like a prog suit, uh, I'll call it. Like it's divided in seven or six movements. And yeah, you you, you should think of it as a, one single big song, especially because all of pop punk sounds the same, as we have established. I am <sighs> judging it as if it were an album. I mean, that's probably not the correct way to do it, but you do you. <laughs> he will. I mean, it's better than a 3.5 hour long song. <laughs> I mean... I'll yeah. have you know I love Dancing Mad. <laughs> Every time Adam talks about this being a three-hour-long album, I just remember that awful um, rock opera that Dream Theater did a couple of years ago that was just like two hour and a half or whatever, and it was the worst thing they ever did. That does sound horrible. What was that called? I have no idea. I don't remember. It, it was a record about a world where music is illegal. It was terrible. Oh, yeah, that's don't not... Don't forget that the Red Hot Chili Peppers' Stadium Arcadium was over two hours long. I mean, that's the Red Hot Chili Peppers, though. I'm not expecting anything good from them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right, that was a two... That was two... That two, was a two-disc two album. <laughs> Yeah, so that's what I want from the Red Dot Chili Peppers, a two-disc epic. They put out a song on that album simply called Hump De Bump. Sequel to Black Eyed Peas, My Hump, I assume. I uh, the Alanis think... Morissette cover of that is still pretty good. I think this recording is cancelled. I just got a sudden onset of um, my soul floating out of my body, and like I need to go chase it down. <laughs> 
You you do not like the line, my lovely lady hump. Don't you associate that with the music history? I associate it with something. <laughs> my lovely lady hump. <laughs> Anyhow, shall we start talking about this thing? Yes. We should. Why don't you introduce the first movement? Yeah, the first movement is if you if if anyone listening to us, anyone on this podcast takes away one thing from this record is that uh, Spanish love songs did a masterpiece of a record this year. Brave Faces, everyone is fantastic, and the first movement is just three songs from that because that's my record of the year. That record is genuinely great. You made the mistake of making me listen to it in this format, so now I will never listen to it again. Oh no, but it's at the beginning. It's not, it's, you know, before it becomes three hours, it's like the first three things. Yeah, but I had to listen to this thing twice, so. So did I, and I actually went out and bought this one. Yay! Uh, well, you win some, you lose some, Ellie. <laughs> yeah. Specifically, I win one and I lose one. Mm-hmm. I will say, I am in agreement. This is very good music. At least uh, the three tracks. I haven't given the full album a spin yet, but yeah, it's pretty much like it's a whole album about being like, you know, quote unquote millennials living in late capitalism and looking at despair at our future and the world that we live in. It's fun stuff, fun summary pop punk. You know, Pop See, Punk, I don't have that genre. exact take on it because okay. as an old man, I have already made my place in the world. What, you, will have to pluck the thing, you will have to pluck the things you want from my rotting corpse when I finally give up the ghost. Until okay, then, though, boomer. I'm going to enjoy this song and the other two tracks used. Uh, the sampler we had was Routine Pain into Losers into Losers 2. Yes. And... The guitar work here and instrumentation was delightful. This has a harder edge than anything we've been covering in the 2001 portion where we're currently at in recording. And it's a pain song that doesn't just devolve into whining. It tries to express emotion. Very fond of this whole chunk. Yeah, and like to highlight some of the lyrics, which I think I already highlighted in previous episodes, but I think like the lyrics are like the real strong point of this record. Like, again, from the first Luther track, and my bleak mind says it's cheaper just to die, the prick inside my head's laid off and daring me to try, and my bleak mind says this is all you got, hoping all this time, but all you find is it gets harder, doesn't it? And it's just like, oh, okay, we're going there, cool, cool. See, and this is why I, like, whole... Sale avoided all of the lyrics for, like, this entire project. I did not want to do 66 tracks worth of lyrics, but I did look them up for a few things here and there. <laughs> yeah, no, Spanish Love Song has some really, really hard-hitting lyrics. Yeah, the one on Luther 2 is like, so I'm leaving the, leaving the city, maybe the country, maybe the earth. 
gotta find a place of my own where the fuck-ups aren't cop, patrolling neighborhoods they're afraid of, and the rest of our weren't burn out, displacing locals from neighborhood we're afraid of. And it's just like, oh, okay, good, good. It did good. like losers too. You're, you're expressing all of the despair at the world that most of our generation shares. Good, good. No, I'm I not, don't want to have crying. to confront you're that. What? I don't know how anyone hates the cops. They're so nice to me. They gave me a tow to the gas station. <laughs> okay, boomer. Uh, it's, not the, it's not the only anti-cop song on this uh, playlist, so that's good. Glad yeah, Pop we will Punk have more has, later. I'm glad Pop Punk is moving away from the Phoenix TX politics. I don't know. We didn't check in on them. They might have done some of that in their last album. Uh, I have checked on them. They, they, the last album was basically twenty minutes of nothing. Right, right. They have the shortest albums of anyone we cover. I keep forgetting that. No, no, I'm talking about their 2016 album. That's what I'm saying. Like they, I keep forgetting that a Phoenix TX album would be in many other bands' EP. <laughs> I mean, uh, we also had some 41, which did a 30 minute album because some 41 were, were 15. <laughs> they were 19. <laughs> Close some enough. Some 41 were still not even old enough to legally drink. We can cut yeah. them a little bit of slack. So let's go on to movement two then. Yeah. Well, before we go to movement two, by brave faces, everyone, by Spanish love songs, anyone who's listening to us, I'm not ever going to stop championing that record. Generally, my favorite record of the year, regardless of genre. And now let's move to movement two, which is... Uh... Putting the pop in pop punk. Yeah, this is just like poppy shit. I love this stuff. Uh, this this is where my notes start to get uh, a little goofier because of the fact that this is where I no longer have a coherent theme for everything. So, like, I covered some things just in terms of blocks of bands. Yeah. Uh, other things are me just sketching memes on a notepad, like, holds up test tube, finally, some 42. Yes, it's friend circle. I love them. They're not. I don't, I don't know if I'd call them good, but in 2020, straight up doing the sort of rap-like pop-punk that Sum 41 did, like straight up just doing that, like takes balls, and I love them. So, let's just go through the tracks in order to uh, let people know what we're even talking about. It kicks off with Power Couple by Warriors. Yeah, they're nice. Uh, this one hit me incredibly close to home. However, female vocals are a rare thing to talk about on this show so far, and actual speed and competence is something we don't get a lot of in the 2001 era. Yeah, Warriors are like, they're never my favorite band, but like, they're a very good, just like, comfort band. I find that like, they're incredibly consistent. 
And like this year, like this record is just like you listen to it and it's just like, yes, it's a Warriors record. It's like slightly progressive, feminist, like good power pop. Same as the other records. It's not bad. It's just like very comfortable, very like their thing. And it's always enjoyable. So I put it on there. Sometimes a band isn't your favorite, but it's still good. It's good. Yeah, this first seg, uh, this second segment, uh, I'm still pretty positive on a lot of it. Uh, then we have Bearings, which did a bunch of uh, good stuff this year. They dropped Hello It's You, their new record. It's way is like a fucking like bop of a single. I don't think the rest of the record is as good as Way, but Sway rules. It's just like so catchy. Sway is good. I preferred the second track you listed, Dreams. Oh, cool. Me too. Yeah, that one is like has a sort of like a electronic, like emo rap almost influence on it, with like the 808 bits on it. It's pretty interesting. Reminded me a lot of the band Washed Out with uh, some hip hop influence thrown in. Incredibly chill, good change of pace. Then we have uh, Neutral Snap with Yellow Suitcase, which is another like really catchy pop punk record, like from a way smaller band than a bunch of other things on here. But they they dropped a record this year that it was just like, oh, this is just like catchy and great. And this track is incredibly thrashy, despite the lo-fi pop styling of the album cover. I yep. do like Yellow Suitcase. Then next up. Loose Cannon by yes. Friend Circle. Yeah, some 42. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> this was one of the few times I called out lyrics because the bridge at the back of the track had some real I'm not mad, I'm laughing, and this is victory wine in my mouth energy. <laughs> I didn't even catch that it was uh, some 41 like... Well, it's not Sum 41, but I, I feel it's very, very similar to a lot of what Sum 41 does with, like, the half-wrapping. There we go. Uh. Well, I heard what you said about me, and I'm not mad at all. These things just happen. And then an endless chain of, you might as well move on, over and over and over. <laughs> Again, it's got a very, I'm not owned, I'm not owned, as I turn into a corncob energy. <laughs> a corncob? Oh, are you unaware of that? One sec. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's, no. uh, that's a drill tweet. Oh. Uh, the quote is, I'm not owned, I'm not owned. I continue to insist as I slowly shrink and transform into a corn cob. I see. Anyhow, Friend Circle. Uh, you might not be the best pop punk band ever, but respect to you for doing Sum 41 in 2020. It was certainly a thing. Yeah. Again, also, like, a lot of this band that we're talking on this thing are fairly small bands, so I'm trying not to go... You know, every ribbing that we do, any, like, fun that we have is, is like, all in good fun. We're, all of the stuff on this playlist is good, and you should go listen to it. But yeah, also, like, it's not, like, the stuff that we're normally listening to, where it's like, alright, these bands are big enough that they, like, charted. They can handle a little criticism. Yeah, exactly. If, if you chart that, we're gonna rip the shit out of you. How's this? Nothing on here is dog shit, but not all of it is my style. 
Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Like, Stand Atlantic, it's there because a lot of people like it. It's not necessarily, I don't love it, but if you're into, like, that kind of Paramore-style punk, uh, Stand Atlantic, they're, they're good. They are something that a lot of people like, but, unless someone has something to say about Stand Atlantic, I really want to talk about Keep Flying, because uh, they're, like, a fairly... Go on, sorry. Two things about Hate Me Sometimes, the Stand Atlantic song. This would be the quintessential quarantine music video if it hadn't been made in September 2019, given that everyone is just standing in the carpeted box from Hotline Bling. And there's a little too much random distortion applied to different vocals or instruments at different times that's a weird choice on the production. Okay. I kind of thought that was fun. No real rhyme or reason to it. Left me confused. That, that, that's fair. But let's talk about Keep Flying, because it's a, it's not ska, but it's pop punk with a saxophone in it, and it rules, and they actually dropped the full record, like, this month, on the 15th of December, and it rules, and they're like, they're like a fairly small band, and I just really want to shout them out, because the, the survival, their full record, is actually great. And there's two tracks on this playlist from them, and all of the record is really, really good, it's just like... It's basically like sad, sadder kind of punk, but with this very like high energy saxophone horns in the background. It's just like great stuff. The horns were a plus one to their score from me. And the video for Fire, Fire Sale is good, dark comedy, as well as uh, Fashion Statement, the second track, had some lyrics that were peak straight guy. I know nothing <laughs> of fashion. I can barely see but the colors are clashing, don't look so good to me. Mm. Could see I'll that. Say. Could definitely see that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, highly recommend Keep Flying, easily one of the highlights of this whole thing. Yeah, I think they were pretty good. Again, horns are great. You know, I'm always a slut not, for horns. Even if it's not ska, just put horns in your music and you you get points. And they have a really good grasp of melodies, like lots of great melody, good energy, like the singing on it, great stuff. Also, great. it occurs to me that I constantly reference horns will be a plus one to me on anything, and since I'm editing this week, I can edit in, since we already mentioned Stadium Arcadium, the last good thing the Red Hot Chili Peppers ever did, which was a horn section in the middle of that album. Take it away, me! And finally, we closed out this suite of the recording with Garden by Meet Me at the Altar, something that left me going, holy shit, black people can do pop punk? I thought there was a law against this. There are two black artists in this playlist. Two whole. Yes, and both of them are good. This, yeah. was le this legitimately slaps. Good energy, good speed, great flow. Fucking into Meet Me at the Altar. Yeah. Yeah, I have to thank, actually, like, this is the first and last time I will ever thank Reddit on a podcast that I have, but I have to thank our pop punkers because I actually asked if I missed something on my playlist, 
and they pointed me out at uh, and they pointed me to meet me at the altar which i didn't know of them and they're pretty good yeah no, yeah reddit has done one good thing reddit has done one exactly one good thing and that brings us to a less good thing movement three <laughs> putting the pop in pop I just, I just made this, this pre-tracks to mess with Fletch, I'll be honest. <laughs> Here's the thing. I muted the Machine Gun Kelly track because it was Bloody Valentine, and I got to watch the video where he gets murdered over and over and over again. <laughs> Fun fact, Bloody Valentine actually showed up in my, like, top ten tracks on Spotify. I listened to the song a lot this year for some reason. I think it's a good track. There's a reason I choose specifically that one track on this. Yeah, now listening to it in this playlist, I'm like, oh, actually, I don't mind this. Yeah, I don't. Coming I, after Meet Me at the Altar, though, definitely made it seem worse, though. Hard <laughs> downgrade. I still stand a bloody Valentine. It's the best track on that record. It's still a pretty good track. It's not the record. Is not in my you head. know the record's yeah. butt. Yeah, yeah. Best track on that album is a low bar. But then there's two tracks by. An artist I had not heard of before, Youngblood. Youngblood. Youngblood, my bad. <laughs> I don't know if it's pronounced that way, but I love saying it. And this first track, Super Dead Friends, between the length and the choices of instruments, this could be an incredibly shit-tier Bimani song. But I hate this less than I expected. It's got a funk I, to it. This record is hilarious to me. Like, it's not bad, actually. Like, I think all of this track... So, Youngblood, if you don't know about him, he's, like, from Britain, I think, and, like, it's a big pop deal with the oh, youth. Oh, he looks British. Today. Yeah, and he's, like, you know, big deal with the youth, collaborated with the Machine Gun Kelly, the sort of this almost pop-punk revival, but not quite stuff. His first record was not great. I listened to it, had a, like a decent single, but wasn't my thing. The second record is, I feel, remarkable just because it is sort of the same reason why I really like uh, Mania by Fallout Boy, is that it's such a convergence of bad ideas that in a pop space, like in a space where you have a hundred people looking at your record and somehow all of these bad ideas made it through this record, that it just becomes good. And not in an ironic way, it's just like, this is genuinely interesting because you have Young Blood trying to do a Beastie Boys track on Super Dead Friend. You have whatever the hell is the second track on this playlist. And it's just like, all of the stuff should not work and doesn't not really work but you have to appreciate how bold it is and uh yeah go young blood please make more of this because i don't know what the hell it is but it's, it's interesting at least i will be a little more critical and say that while i was into super dead friends ice cream man can go fuck off <laughs> it has so many of the same ingredients 
I don't know why only one of these two tracks worked for me, but Ice Cream Man left me just as cold as the title. Okay, I think it's another really weird track. It has like this cheaper melody to it, and like it goes nowhere. I liked Ice Cream Man more than Super Dead Friends. Ice Cream Man is unrestrained summer fun. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. And that brings us to Sweet Four. Let's get emo, baby. Yes. I'm into emo and there's a lot of emo here. I don't know if you want to go track by track because there's a lot of stuff in here. Let's let's cover these as blocks of artists since that's basically what we have here. Yeah. So we start with Hot Mulligan, which is just like good old style Midwest emo. Bit harder than usual, especially these uh, Dirty Office bongos goes way hard at the end. I like them. Don't think they're amazing, but I like them. This trio of tracks was the first that left me a little cold. However, uh, the first song, Equip Sunglasses, got some laughs out of me due to the video, which had some real Weird Al but gay, or I suppose Queer Al, energy to it that was very fun. Yeah, they they have a fun video, fun titles. Uh, Yeah, they're they're good. I like Hot Mulligan. I genuinely don't remember any of their songs. I'm sorry. (laughs) All right. Oh, it's vaguely shouty. Hmm. Next up, we went on to Floral Tattoo. Who's... Yay! They they are like uh, showgate Zemo. I love them. They're really good. They're like sad, sad queer showgate Zemo. All four of these tracks flowed into each other like some real prog sweet stuff. Mm. Uh, barely any lyrics, too, so I couldn't find much to write about them, and I did explicitly write about them as just a single group, but it's a good tone piece. I just find it hard to describe since there's not much I can say without you hearing it, which I'm sure a little bit is playing on this right now. Yeah, it's good. It's like a mix between emo and shoegaze stuff. Uh, the I last... don't. I'm definitely not using this word right in a musical sense, but it seems atmospheric to me. No, that's, that's very accurate. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, the last track has some um, the music tape vibes with the tone they use on the um, string section, which I'm sure it's digital. I don't think they have an actual string section, but it's very gives me a very like music tape vibes or even like you know uh, neutral milk hotel and stuff. Uh, and yeah, it's like very like emotional atmosphere song go on this band is the uh uh sort of music that i'd want to listen to uh if i were ever allowed on public transport again ha (laughs) why are you not allowed on public transport there's a pandemic all right that thing (laughs) right isn't that done now that uh we're in 2021 no i checked 
I checked is really the best part of that. Thank you. Uh, we then slide into a single from Chief State, Biding Time. I hated this. Same. Okay. I don't. I actually don't remember this. I didn't hate it. I just didn't really like it very much. The video is the shit version of the Equip Sunglasses video, and it's basically what if five twinks did Anchorman to a pop punk song. (laughs) I'm listening to it now. I remember the song. That's nice. Nice. Come on. I like this EP. This is not my jam. No. However, again, I did say this is the block I'm harshest on. That's fair. You you do not like yourself some emo. Fletch is allergic to emo. It, I am really surprised that I didn't like most of the emo block. Maybe it's just that my... I'm, I'm very surprised this is the one I'm harshest on out of everything, because emo and goth adjacent are kind of my entire shtick. Yeah, I love... Emo is uh, it's an interesting thing. Anyhow, yeah, this is more of like a punky emo. I like, I like Shift State. Uh, it's a decent EP. I don't know. You, you sort of need to like the tropes of emo for a lot of this stuff, which I do, but not for everyone. Also not for everyone, the next duet of tracks by Charmer. Oh, yeah, that was another like fine emo tropey music. I think this one was, these two were my least favorite in the playlist. I just didn't vibe with them. That's fair. I will say that they have great track names. The tracks themselves uh, did less than nothing for me in the case of Wolf Fang Fist, where I got a literal headache from the mixing. Huh. Okay. And VCR666 has the cheapest music video so far, which is just a bunch of kids on a boat doing camera tricks and occasionally opening up a tape. We don't ever see what's on the tape. Hmm. I like Charmer. They're, like, very... There's a lot of very tropey Midwest emo. I'm into that stuff. You're allowed. Uh, and then we go to Will Met with Adderall, which is actually probably the hardest hitting emo track on this uh, playlist. And it's fun. It's a fun track. Uh, it does have energy and bursts, which gives it a very Adderall ADHD vibe. It it goes all over the place, back and forth. Yeah, I did not love the Will Met record. They released a self-titled record this year, but there are a couple of really good tracks and they have... Higher than average energy for the genre, which I'm into. Like, the really hard-hitting drum, really hard-hitting guitars. Good stuff. Then there are The Facts by Sundressed. This one Uh. was my favorite. Oh, cool. I have nothing written for this. (laughs) (laughs) It's your turn to talk about a track, Adam. Okay. Well, I don't know what I'm going to say, because uh, did I mention that I took my notes by hand and then lost them? No, you didn't. So that explains a lot. Yeah. And so, like, I tried to, like, re-listen to this thing for the third time before we started recording. And um, so I just, like, wrote down all the songs that I know I definitely liked but didn't get a chance to. (laughs) I think that The Facts is one of the only songs that I could actually pick up any lyrics off of. Okay. And I liked those lyrics. That's fair. I, I, I like, it has a good riff. The chorus is very sing-along. It's a good song. 
again, Sundress is one of those bands that it's just like, oh, the record is okay, but there's like one really good track on the record, one really, really good track, which is this one. I can see that. I was much higher on Modern Color coming oh, up next. wonder why Fletch is much higher on the band that borderlines into post-punk. Yeah. wonder why. <laughs> uh, some very stained vibes at times, incredibly hardcore sound, but On and Off is pretty good. Empty Rooms is where I really won over, and I'm probably going to take a look at this album and maybe buy it. Nice. Yeah, Melon Color. Again, it's, we come to the two-band block here that borderlines on post-punk more than emo, but there are still clear emo influences, and I wanted to throw them in here just for a bit of variety. It's good. That's good. Yeah, no, I liked them too. They're another uh, uh, band that I would listen to on public transport. <laughs> yeah, they do have sort of that atmospheric They have vibe, liminal then, vibes. Yeah, and then... Big bursts of energies. And, but let's talk about one of my favorite things on this uh, playlist, because Kenny Hoopla dropped a great EP this year, which is How Will I Rest in Peace If I'm Buried by a Highway? And the second black artist on, the, on this playlist, two whole black artists on this playlist. We're so, I was whoa. real into this. Yeah, this is like very... Um, very, you know, Joy Division, the Smith vibes, especially with that riff at the at the beginning of the song, mixed with like very, uh, almost a very emo pop production, which is the reason why this is here. Uh, not emo pop, uh, emo rap production, which is the reason why this is here. This record is fantastic. It's like one of my favorite records of the year. Just like this is a lots of great track. influences and the single, which is the titular track, is like great. A real 1980s cure energy, as you said, emo rap vocals, but a new wave, uh, goth instrumentation. Utterly slaps both songs, uh, How Will I Rest in Peace, as well as Plastic Door. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, especially because the record King Cruel released this year. I wasn't into it. This sort of like scratched that itch for like innovative, like post punk shit. And yeah, this did it for me this year. I also definitely really liked it. But I think that the name of the single was like arguably the best thing about it. <laughs> it, is a, it is a good title. Like, a thing that we have to come, like, I, a, a conclusion that we can take from this playlist is that uh, pop punk and emo bands are really good at make, at uh, choosing titles for their tracks. Mm-hmm. And talking about good titles for tracks, Dogleg. Well, Dogleg begins what I would consider a shift in the things we're talking about into, I have it written down as the weeb block. Yes! <laughs> Because what I didn't realize until I looked back at the playlist, I did my usual listen to this on YouTube. So I was just throwing in tracks as well as names of songs and artists. Uh, I only just realized that the 
Two albums here are Melee and Ganon Main from Dogleg. Yep. So that tells me where they start. <laughs> yep. Oh no, this rain is pretty loud. Can you hear it? What, what is the... I can't hear it. What is the joke that I'm not getting? Uh, uh, Super Smash Bros. This is all a bunch of Super Smash Brothers references. Oh, okay. I've played Super Smash Bros. twice in my life, so... You're not missing much. Yeah, that yeah. Like, is uh, very popular this year. Like, it ended up in a lot of uh, end-of-year lists. I'm not as big as a lot of people on them, but... I do recognize that it's like, you know, emo-ish, hardcore, with like sort of post-hardcore prog influences. There's a lot of like prog stuff that they do in their tracks. It definitely has its value. I think Ganon Main is a really good track. Um, yeah, I like them. I'm not as huge on them as other people. I actually think Hot Mulligan was hit, like, hit harder for me emotionally than anything that Dogleg did. But they're not bad. They, there's a reason why a lot of people like it, and they they need to be here because they ended up on a lot of end of again end of year list, especially on even not punk based publication. I think, I think they're, they're perfectly speedy, okay. and their sound hits like a truck. But that's really the only praise I'm going to throw them. However, I like them much more than the next one. Oh, Oh, I love Guitar well, Fight from Fully okay. Coolly. We have to we have to say what the next track or uh, uh suite is called and give Ellie's description because it's funny. Yes. Movement five is DIY Core. Bands that cannot afford proper recording equipment, so they record on a toaster. Most of them are some kind of emo. Understandable, because not being able to afford proper mixing would make me very sad and emotional, too. That's true. I actually thought some of this was fun, even though every single person in this block is basically just going, you know what's great? The Japanese. <laughs> I really enjoyed 64, um, even though like I was uh, primed to hate all of this because I still have nightmare flashbacks to Fooly Cooly. Um. <laughs> I ask this to you because you are very young, Adam. Uh, yes. Do you know what is sampled in 64? Is it not Mario games? Yes, it's uh, Super Mario 64. Like the whole I've song is that. Uh, emo riffs with Super Mario 64 uh, sound effects on it. I yeah, know. I, I had a... Um, friend growing up who had like just a bunch of gaming consoles from like through the ages so i have played super mario 64 okay or mario Anyhow, 64 or whatever it's called this whole block is what happens when you let zoomers make music and it's great i love it i love the but shit no specifically there are zoomer weebs though yeah yeah so here is the progression on these three tracks because it's 64, which we've mentioned, 
My Friends Are My Power, spoiler alert, that's the name of the track, not me giving you a warning. It's about Kingdom Hearts. And Stay Hydrated, Fuck em. Yep. So, 64, I would be way more into without the samples. It's a good energy, it's bad production, which I was primed for by the description. My Friends Are My Power is where I started to turn on them because it was way less amazing and the mixing was becoming a problem. And then Stay Hydrated Fuck'em isn't nearly as interestingly weird as the last two, so it just left me flat. Uh, Stay Hydrated Fuck'em is very high energy. I like it. I, I like this. I like Thok from Guitar Fight from Coolie Fooly Coolie. I think it's a cool record with really interesting references, especially because they actually, like, they don't stop at the title. They actually do sampling of stuff like that, of a lot of web shit. And, yeah, I think they're just a really solid, like, DIY emo band. And I like the bare production. Like, I like shitty production. I think it has its place in punk music. So your mileage may vary depending on, you know, if you want this mushed up, very, like, raw production. But... Fully cool. Guitar fight from Fully Coolie are great. I like them. Mm-hmm. Again, what el- where else are you going to find uh, emo band sampling Super Mario 64 and Kingdom Hearts? Nerdcore exists, Ellie. Yeah, but Nerdcore is cheesy. Like, I, I Do you think be- that wasn't cheesy? No! I think that's, uh, I think bands like this have a way more sincere way of referencing stuff that they like rather than jokey raps about video games. Uh, I think there's an entire goof oh. between the two things. Oh my god, I regret what I did. What did you do? What? I typed in best nerdcore of 2020. Oh no. Well, it was nice knowing you, Fletch. Yeah, I'm seeing some real horrors, and I'm just going to eject this entire line of discussion and come back to the show, where the next artist up is Princess Bree. Yeah, I like her. She's like an underground Avril Lavigne. Um, I got some, like, metric vibes. I mean, that also works. It's, uh... I was thinking early Arctic Monkeys myself, but metric is a better fit. Like, she started as a sort of cloud rep thing, and, like... Her second record is suddenly like a, just a straight up pop punk alternative rock thing. I like it. It's not amazing, but it's uh, it's really surprisingly good. Uh, again, like you know, sort of like uh, female punk stuff. Again, I I I think I usually describe her like a just in between the poppiness of Avril Lavigne and like the more punkishness of Paramore, but with like underground-dear sound and approach to music. It's good. It's a good record. So I realize that you meant poppiness as one word, but due to the way the audio came through, I thought you said the pop penis of Avril Lavigne, and I thought, what does Nickelback have to do with this? <laughs> do, do what? <laughs> I, I'm, not, I'm not following it. I'm not going to follow that line of discussion. Avril Lavigne was married to Chad Kroger, who last time I checked would have been the pop penis. I don't get it. It's a dick joke. Oh, right. Yes. <laughs> okay, then. 
I I will very much throw uh, my support behind Princess Bree, which is another. I'm going to look a little further into this. I have not bought it yet, but I will probably pick this up. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty good. And then we go to more weeb bands. I'm just realizing Princess Bree is the only one on this block that is not a complete weeb. Literally the only one. One of my notes is, the DIY block are just weebs and a lady, huh? (laughs) Oh, so it's the Big Bang Theory? Oh, no. Yeah, you're not wrong. (laughs) And with that, let's talk about these other explicit Kingdom Hearts reference. Welcome to Destiny Island. Yeah, I don't like them as much as Guitar Fight from Fully Cooly, but they have a good Twitter game, so they're here. Uh, The band is named Oolong, by the way. Welcome to Destiny Island is the song. Yeah. Mm. Didn't like it. Very fast... Uh, incredibly hardcore Calypso vibes off of Oolong. Hmm. However, the second track, Dude, It's Painfully Obvious, is almost six minutes and drags. I skipped that one. But if you cut it in half, I'd, the, I'd think it was good. That's the classic emo biddly biddly. If you has. cut this one in half, I'd be all into it. But boy, this was one of the only songs on this entire three and a half hour playlist that left me checking a watch. That's fair. Guac is also pretty good, and it has the emo biddly biddly. Uh, I have nothing to praise here but their speed and the weird robot voice telling me that Guac, which is spelled G-W-U-A-K, is short for guacamole, says the digital voice. Well, no, that's not how you even shorten guac. <laughs> uh, yeah, the the self-titled Guacipi, I actually really like. I think it's uh, it's like about five tracks, and it's like really good. Like five really good emo tracks with all of the emo tropes, like lo-fi production, good grasp on melodies, go really hard, go really fast. Good stuff. And uh, I ate guacamole yesterday, and it was good, so it gets, like, uh, the additional point for that. I want some guacamole. It's pretty good. Easy to make. I might go pick some up later. I wish I could do that. Um... But then after that is the one that should be aiming directly for me, and didn't really quite work because all they had going for them was speed. Ogbert the Nerd with Get in the Robot and Rats, it didn't work. I like the two tracks. I'm not super into the whole record, but the two tracks are, like, cool. They're really good. The the shouted, desperate, I don't hate you, I don't hate you, we just don't talk that much anymore. Just, like, a great highlight of the first track. It's just, like, a iconic emo moment. Right turning all caps, shining in the sky. Um, it's great. I Unit was... 01 was tearing up the fucking guitar on these, but that's all I can give it. Oh, I love the vocals. I think the, the, the good emo, like, emotional vocals, when you're, you're not necessarily great at singing, but you're giving it your all, and that's what makes emo great. Alright. Adam? I was expecting something different, given the uh, song title... Getting the robot and the band title Ogbert the Nerd, and it like just didn't quite deliver on either of those two things. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. 
Uh, it's a 30 Rock reference, their name. I didn't even know that, and I enjoy that show. I had to Google that. Gotcha. I don't like that. But after that, rock. we close. I find it eminently quotable on a lot of levels, and I feel very called out by some of it. Yeah. Anyhow, I like the songs. Again, great, just like. I, there's not much of this on this, like, because it's. Um, there's a lot of shouting, but there's not very much of the what they do, which is like the slower, just like, feels like someone is falling into a pit kind of singing. And like, that's great. I love that. I love the singer that sounds like it just got kicked into a pit and it's like screaming as it's falling. That's like the whole thing with Emo. And finally, the group I took a visceral hatred oh, toward no. based on all of their presentation. Nice. Oh, no, Rounded I, out this block. I think they're really good musically, though. Okay. Schlunky Kong's video starts with extended Skype calls. Uh, this was the most old man yells at Cloud I've ever felt. And then we got to the point where two dipshits and hoodies were hitting the bong, alternating the lyrics between them. So yeah, uh, that one left me cold. And Fresco Mode just made me go, boy, I would love to be listening to Sicko Mode right now, especially with how heavily the bass was mixed. Well, I get it. I'm not big into the whole stoner aesthetic myself. It's not my thing, but I think this record is fantastic. I think they have some fantastic song on this. They're really big on the whole thing when you like slow down the instrumentation and then you shout a line that's like designed to be like sort of iconic. And I know that it's a songwriting trick. I know that it's a bit cheap. But it works every time for me. It's just serotonin, like, shooting up. Like, especially, like, at the beginning of Schlonky Kong. It's just, like, quiet, quiet, quiet. My best friends are acronyms. And then, like, the all of the instrumentation follows. And it's just, like, oh, that's just pure, pure good brain juice there that you're shooting into my brain. I love this record. See, I think it's very... You don't get that on the video where there is an extended skit of Skype calling the members of the band complete with actual sound effects. That is fair. I mainly experienced the knife through the record because I don't, I, I don't generally watch videos. And I think it's a fantastic record. Internet Friends. I really like it. I think it's... On this block, they're my favorite. I think they did... I think they've written just like just a collection of 10 excellent punk songs. Also, question for you as the person with more familiarity with them. The album cover and the extended group of people that show through in the video made me wonder, are they just bringing in literal friends of theirs or is it's... this group a pop punk polyphonic spree? No, it's people, it's people from other bands from like friendly labels. Gotcha. Okay. The cover is just a wall-to-wall -wall collage of teens. Or at least that's from the video. I don't know what the people on the cover are. But in the video, yeah. it's uh, people from bands from other labels. Okay. And that brings us into... The worst segment of the playlist. I don't know. I think I think I was harsher on the last one than this, but uh, the feed-o-buzzes, which are 
the people who had the hottest internet and scene love this year. I didn't love most of these records, like not enough to be like, oh, this is some of my favorite music this year, but other people did, so here you go. And it kicks off with a duet from Knucklepuck, who... Knucklepuck um, still exists. I wholeheartedly enjoyed both of these songs. They're fine. This felt the most like the stuff we're currently covering in the 20, uh, 2001 era of the podcast. Yes. Of anything on here. Definitely. Uh, Knucklepuck are very much still stuck in the early 2010s. Which is not a bad thing. It's good music. It's a good version of that sound. Uh, it's not particularly impressive, but it's a fine record. Also, I'm surprised you will praise Knuckle Puck, given that they do the one thing I know you hated last year in pop punk. Which, which, mm. what, what do they do? Well, you see, their album was called 2020. Oh, so yeah, should... yeah, no, that is the, the, that is the birth of me fucking hate this trend. Everyone did the 2020 vision pun this year. Um, I... I liked those puns. They were funny. No, my, I, I, this is a separate playlist that I have, which is generally my favorite records of the year. And it's named, if one more artist uses the 2020 vision pun, I'm going to cry, please stop. So I did see that playlist, which is why I'm giving you shit. Uh, no, don't do that. I hate it. Like the first time a band did it, it was funny. And then 40 other people did it, in, including another band on this fucking playlist. <laughs> Anyhow, Pop. I've grown kinder on Pop. I think I didn't like Morbid stuff much, uh, the record that they dropped last year. I think The Dream Is Over was fantastic, and Morbid stuff didn't quite work for me, which they released last year, and I had sort of gave up on Pop. Uh, but I think I've gr uh, they've grown on me. I don't think they'll do ever another record as good as The Dream Is Over. But once you get over like being disappointed that their new stuff is not good as the dream is over, it's just like, oh no, this is actually, for the standards of punk, this is actually pretty great. They are way punkier than a lot of other bands in the genre, in the scene. They have good melodies, good tracks, the singer has a unique tone of voice. The last track on this playlist will make me realize that I wish they had like some keyboards in their tracks because I think they, it would round up their sounds very well. But aside from that, yeah, they dropped an EP this year, and it was good. I thought they were acceptable. This is one of the only groups on here I was familiar with prior to this playlist and this listening session. But they're not bad. Uh, the first track, I was viscerally against them because they released an image disc, and I just simply wrote This Feels But in a way I can't elaborate on. However, by the time we got to their cover of AM180, 
the notes simply read, Now Tain I can get into, even if this sounds like flogging Molly on a blown-out speaker. Hello, Pop are good. Any thoughts on it, yeah. Adam? They were perfectly acceptable. Okay. They always have, like, really great sing-along guitars. Like, especially on Rot, it's like, Na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na-na. It's just like, oh, pull up your lighter. Wave your hands. Now, you want to hear me really slam someone? Let's talk about driveways. This was also courtesy of uh, our pop punkers. So take it on Reddit if you didn't like this. I think I fell asleep during this part of the playlist <laughs> three times. It's real easy to, because the first track, Are You Afraid of the Dark, straight up goes into bad metal voice and chin singing. Are you afraid of the dark? Yeah, great. Cool. That's what I'm here for. And the second track is only 322, and yet about 30 seconds of that is just a long outro of reverb because they clearly felt they had a quota to hit. Not a fan. Wasted my time. I found it interesting. It's like harder than most pop punk. It's almost, as you mentioned, new metal-ish. Has some electronic stuff thrown in there. Not necessarily something that I will come back to, but it was an interesting direction. Probably an evolutionary dead end for the genre, but interesting nonetheless. <laughs> Here's the thing. You say it has elements of all these things. I say I remember being blackout drunk and throwing a lot of leftovers in the blender and thinking that I'd made something brilliant until I sobered up. <laughs> That's what this strikes me as. The lasagna casserole that I threw a bread roll in with. <laughs> the lasagna cut of pop punk. Ugh. And then we moved to Rebo Drive, which is not pop punk, but they were a pop punk band like five years ago. And then they started like insulting their fans and making like okay indie music. And now everyone hates them. A standout for me on this playlist, however. Not pop punk. They instead have some uh, block party vibes with a good lounge guitar behind it. Yeah, I, I mostly put it on there because it's just like I know that they are sort of dicks to to like their fans, but it, this is fine. There's no reason to hate this record. Like a lot of people just hate this record. This is fine. This is okay in the rock. It's fine. Yeah. I get over it, pop punk people. Remo Drive is not garbage. It's fine. I was still asleep for this part, so, you know. It's when a good track you, to nod off to. When did you wake up? That's a good question. Was it with the Black Bear fe featuring? <laughs> That's a hell of a um, way to wake up. I think I woke up for Sick Joke. Okay. And then skipped the Black Bear, and then I liked the next two songs. Okay. Sick Joke, hands down. Worst vocals on this entire list. Really? Yes. There have been worse. I don't know where, but they 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 were there. Everyone in this band has a punchable everything except the bassist who looks like Tony Hawk. He can stay. <laughs> Tony Hawk is always valid. Uh, Mac, they are very big. I I'm not a fan of what they're doing at the moment. It's not bad. It's just like I don't think it, this record worked for me. Needs to be here because it's neck deep. They've been at basically every warp tour in history 
I think when they 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 become a thing. Formed. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, it's neck deep. If you're into pop punk, uh, you'll like them, and more power to you. I do. I don't think their last record is that great. Wouldn't call it amazing. Let's put it that way. However, was very into Monsters by All Time Low, which for some reason has Demi Lovato and Black Bear. Yeah, All Time Low. They all show up on our spreadsheet at some point. Very distinct sound, and I'm here for it, with the video also featuring a bunch of absolutely adorable little critters. I don't know. Monster by All Time Low has very... the worst parts of Fall Out Boy career vibes to me, but... Glad you enjoyed it. I liked the fallout boyness of it, but not much else. The vocals are so distinct compared to everything else is pretty great. Yeah, yeah. And then I, I like something that has an original sound between male and female vocals, hip hop influence. Yeah, very good. Cool. Uh, I like the next one. It's the from uh, it's Car by I Love Your Lifestyle from their album No Driver. This is one of those weird things where I listened to this record pretty much when it came out. It had a lot of buzz and uh, I enjoyed it. I actually enjoyed it quite a lot, but I didn't like actually came back to it a lot during the year and like a lot of other things that I really like. Uh, it's good. It's like, I think they're Swedish or something. I want to check, but they, yeah, it's pretty good. They have like a very emo vibe, but almost like with indie rock influence, they almost have like, especially on this track, this very upbeat take on emo punk. And it's interesting. I think they have like fairly more mature approach to genre and to lyrics than a lot of bands in the, in the scene. I just don't, again, this is, it's a record that if I look at it objectively, it's just like, no, this is great. This is a great record. But then it just, it's not a record that I want to listen to a lot, which is weird. Don't have, an, don't have any deep explanation for that. It's just like, I should vibe with this way more than I do. I was instantly soured on this song when I looked it up, and the first result for I Love Your Lifestyle Car was a man fucking a car. Thanks, YouTube. Yeah, no, this song only stood out to me because Fletch talked about that in the chat. Uh, anyhow, yeah, I can confirm that they're Swedish, which is also like something not usual for uh, the genre. Which is weird because I wrote the song itself had real Canadian vibes. <laughs> well, that's Sweden. that's an actual note I took. Sweden is the Canada of Europe. I can see that. Speaking of Canada and Europe, Notre Dame. Oh yeah, that's uh, that band. The Again, this is another uh, Reddit special. The song is quite good, and I love the energy, I love the vocals. The video is like, what if Mulholland Drive sucked? <laughs> oh, I didn't see the video. Uh, two ladies get held up in a car, they duck into a theater that Bruce Wayne's parents were murdered in the alley of, and then the band plays a song that horrifies them because they are upscale debutantes and not punks. Huh. And I would yeah. watch Mulholland Drive. You should. You should Hot watch take. Mulholland That's Drive. That's the best uh, David Lynch movie. I will disagree because Twin Peaks The Return exists. That's not a movie. That is 100% a movie. 
That's six hours of content. Thirteen. Thirteen hours of content. Doesn't mean it's not a movie. Okay. I think it's Twin Peaks The Return is the best TV series ever, but I don't know if I would call it a movie. It's definitely the best episodic show on TV that has ever been. I would put The Americans higher, but that's also a matter of taste. I haven't watched that. I don't know if you would enjoy it. Okay. Very serious response. I don't know if you would enjoy it, because there are some people who just bounce off of it. That's fair. Is it similar Speak. to Twin Peaks The Return? No, it okay. is an 80s period piece spy drama about... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah. Yeah, no. I, I like it. Anyhow. Uh, and finally, to round this out, the other 2020... 2020 Division by Anti-Flag with Hate Conquers All. Yay. I watched a video for this and uh, Anti-Flag is one of the most unfortunate collection of uh, haircuts that I've seen in a while. And we do a pop-punk podcast. Yeah. The drummer has the Guy Fieri hair. Uh, This is also not even the best anti-Trump punk song I heard last year. Because that would go to Neckbeard Death Camp's Magaphobe. Hmm. I do not know that song. So I skipped this song because I heard uh, Trump coming through my speakers and said, Fuck no, I'm not doing this. <laughs> well, you'd also hate Magaphobe then, because it does sample the man's weird speeches. I do not want to hear him. <laughs> and also, don't watch Home Alone 2. <laughs> I mean... He's in it! He is. Uh, what were we talking about? Oh, uh, the, the anti-flag still exists in 2020. Uh, it's fine. <laughs> it has, again, like sort of a new metal-ish vibe, this song. Again, I don't, I don't hate it. I think, sure, your, your message is correct. Evil is bad. And, uh, yeah, they're fine. It's an it's anti-flag record in 2020. It's fine speaking of where are they now let's go on to the final movement of this list entitled where are they now we will be just uh seeing what bands we've covered throughout the podcast have done in the year of 2020 yay We kick off with two incredibly political songs from the Suicide Machines. I love the Suicide Only Machines. Blue so good. And Flint Hostage Crisis. Revolution Spring is the record that they dropped like eight years before the eight years after their last record or something. We talked about it in the Suicide Machine episode, and it's so good. It's so better than what we talked about in the podcast. Bully in Blue is a great political song. It opens the record. Flint Hostage Crisis goes incredibly hard. This is way more representative of their sound instead of what we covered in the podcast, which was them being pushed to make weird pop, art pop stuff. Um, 
I love the Suicide Machine. They're, they're a really good hardcore band with Sky influences. Yes, uh, I was incredibly into this. It was a faster and stronger Ska-inspired harsh kick to the face. Yeah. Perfect sound. Adam, do you like the Ska? I do like Ska. Do you like the Ska in the specific tracks? Honestly, I was still uh, 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 reeling from hearing Trump voice in my speakers. Oh, no. So So what you're telling me is I should never do my impression of him on the show. (laughs) I mean, you can. But it's 50-50 whether you're going to knock me out or not. Yeah, I'm gathering it would not thrill you, though, so... Sort of like how I will not mention Zoo on this show again, I will not interpret the president's voice. Oh, that's a great record. That's the Necritalki record, right? The one from this year. It's not pop punk, but yeah, Zoo by Necritalki. That's good. Yeah. Also, next up is another surprise. A 2020 Green Day album. It sucks. Look. Even I didn't like it. So- okay, so here's the thing. <laughs> I've said I'm not a Green Day fan. This is the most interesting Green Day I have heard since the 2000s. Because when did they turn into a 50s rock group? I don't know. These are Billy Joel (laughs) B-sides. Oh, come on. I was a teenage teenager. It's sort of more old style Green Day. That's why I included two tracks. I'm just saying, if you had a little more piano, it's one of Elton John's 70 songs. But as it is, it's Billy Joel caterwauling on a stage before he drunkenly crashes a car. Also, the video for Meet Me on the Roof stars a black girl and a Jewish kid in a Green Day video, which is a little wild. Yeah, I don't like this record. I think this record is very bad. But I also am known for really not liking Green Day, so what you gonna do? This is this is not something I will go out of my way to seek, but it's definitely like, oh, Green Day did something that has my attention. I mean, if you want that sound, there's way better things with that sound. And when they try to be like their punk selves, like on I Was a Teenage Teenager, they're just not, you know... It's 2020. We have better punk bands than new Green Day stuff. No, they're doing rockabilly now. They're just explicitly rockabilly. It's fine. You know who looks like a rockabilly? Goldfinger nowadays. I saw Wallflower by Goldf, and I thought it was a Goldfrap track, and I double-checked and was less excited. But then this turned out to be really good. I'm not huge on this record, but it's, uh, it's Goldfinger. They are they are leaning harder in what made like they are leaning harder in the Superman vibe now way more than they did at the times, which is interesting, because we listened to some old school Goldfinger from the 2000s, and actually Superman was sort of a one-off. There wasn't a lot of sky in there, but it seems that now they're like, oh, that is the thing that people liked from us. Let's do more of that, and yeah, it's more of that. I don't love it, but. It's good. It's fine. It's good. It has a great wholesome energy, and they look fuckably hot in the suits and salt and pepper beards. (laughs) Sure. 
take my word for it. Okay. But You know what I think is... Uh... Oh, Ada, any thoughts on Goldfinger? I liked it. It was fun. Yeah. You know what I think was really fun? The new Newfound Glory record. Again, it's not amazing, but it's good, fun, Newfound Glory stuff. I like them. They are like past their 40s and they're still dressing like pop punkers with like headbands and stuff. They're adorable. I was kind of amazed that this video did not get sued offline, given all the weird legal shit around Friday the 13th right now. And I wonder if the incredible knockoff Freddy Glove stuff is so sparse due to that lawsuit happy state of things. Yeah, it's, uh, the song is scarier than Jason Voorhees at a campfire, which was the single from the record. And yeah, the, um, the video is pretty much a bunch of horror references. The song, though, is about, you know, falling in love, in love is scarier than Jason Voorhees at a campfire, which is interesting. Uh, they, they learn how to write lyrics that make sense since the last time we saw them, which is cool. I could actually... However, the instant I realized what the song was about, I did let out a fucking really IRL. <laughs> yeah, but at least you understood what the song was about, unlike the other records from them that we listened to. It's true. I had no it idea what it was about. Oh, it's just like, oh, I'm, I'm afraid that I'm falling in love with this person, and that is scary because I'm afraid of commitments. Oh, sucks yep. to suck. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. That's a line I'm going to steal. <laughs> You're welcome, uh, I guess. Again, like they had their usual harder instrumentation, bit of a hardcore edge to their rhythms, fun melodies. Newfound uh, Glory is again. You know what you get when you found Glory, and what you get is generally okay. This was generally okay. It's an improvement over the last thing we covered from them. I like the last thing we covered from them. And this ends the block. No one else that we covered so far dared to release anything in this year. Think they're intimidated by us. Uh, but yeah, I added the last song at the last minute just because Charlie Bliss released the fucking fantastic Christmas single. And I hate Christmas single, but this song is amazing. And it features Pop doing some background vocals and like a verse. And yeah, this song is great. It's Christmas and I Fucking Miss You by Charlie Bliss and Pop. Uh, go buy it for $1 on Bandcamp. It's a great Christmas single, although it's not Christmas anymore. So I don't know if people are inclined to do so, but it's great. I'm going to let you in on a secret. There is one Christmas song I listen to year round, and it's Christmas Suite by Tim Heidecker because it is a pitch perfect parody of every bad holiday song from the 80s huh. all in a row interesting i don't know that one children are the makers of our destiny children are our future too children are the key to the universe and children come from me and you However, uh, this song was pretty okay. Yeah, I thought it was decent. I did think during the video that the drummer had a dyed cherry red beard until I later realized it was a mask. Uh, other than that, this one had the most Avril Lavigne energy to me. 
this one definitely feels more Avril. This one definitely feels more Avril Lavigne to me than the other one that you said. So we were the first thing that I did was like we're not going to go track by track on this, and then we went track by track on this. So that's good. Uh, we we broke it down by artist. Yeah. So did anything? What what stood out from you from this uh, from this sampler of this year in pop punk anymore? Spanish love songs is quite good. Keep flying is a standout. Uh, floral tattoo, lesser but interesting. Kenny Hoopla, fucking great. Modern color, up there. Princess Brie, pretty good. I, I would say you've got roughly a forty percent hit rate with me on this whole chart. This is great. Okay, okay. I'm glad. I'm glad for once we're enjoying things. Adam, where are the standouts for you in here? Um. Nothing stood out to me because it was just a solid block of music. Lovely. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, in all seriousness, um, I don't know. The, 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 the things that stood out to me were primarily in the, um, I think it was the emo block ones that you don't like because they're, they're too popular. Oh, so you're just being contrarian against me. But the next thing I want, I, I, the next time I want you to like something, I'm just gonna link you to a thing and be like, I really hate this, Adam. Listen to this, and I'll be like, Oh, this is awesome. Oh, I mean that that is in character for me, but no, not this time. Next time for sure. Yeah, no, this was a good year in pop punk. I mean, when my favorite record of the year is a pop punk record, and that is not a common occurrence, you know that you know there's some good shit here. Um, well, it's good, good stuff, good stuff. Um, if you, again, if you want to listen to the playlist, it's, um, getoutofthistown.com slash 2020 roundup, two as a number, zero as a number, two as a number, zero as a number, roundup, R-O-U-N-D-U-P. I can spell. Proud of you. And I think we had... A very good time, and an excellent holiday season, and no matter when you're hearing this, I hope you and yours are safe and enjoying yourself, and remember, Bandcamp Friday comes but once a month, and it makes everyone a lot of money, so help your artists out. Hmm. Correct. Gotta get off this down. We'll return. Someday. Eventually. Eventually. In Attack and Dethrone God. Oh, I wish. That would be fun. Do you think I couldn't think God, of a better name for our EP. Do you think God would... God versus pop punk, who wins? You know, usually I bet against God, but pop punk can be pretty weak sometimes. <laughs> However, pop punk could be uniquely offensive to the senses in a way nothing divine could. You know, that that's, that's also fair. It... it I think pop punk as a genre would be too much of a mixed bag. You just like have to let it play out. But if we okay. were to pick out like specific bands, some of them would win and some would not. Build your JRPG party from pop punk personas to fight God. It's Jimmy Eat World. <laughs> <laughs> I was expecting more of a mix. 
Nope, that's mine. It's Jimmy Eat World. Give them all swords. <laughs> Jimmy Eat World, but Tony Hawk is there. Yeah, you know what? All right, I'm down. I mean, you've got to... He can be the mage. You've got to have a list someone from Sam 41. They, they bit Do up... Do I? Le- well, they bit up Leet. They're good at fighting. No, that just means Lit sucks. <laughs> also, I don't think they bit up Lit. I think they got bit up by Lit security. But at least they have, like, you know, balls. This is like mm-hmm. trying to take on one of those wiener senators who keeps trying to run for president despite the fact that they got heckled out of their own district because they got winner energy. No, they sucked every time. Yep. Isn't that your current vice president? Yes. Why do you think she's assassinating her way to the actual throne? Uh. She's pulling an Anna Nicole Smith, except her goal is to not die before the old guy. Oh, God. For Adam, Anna Nicole Smith was an ex-playmate who married a 80-something-year-old rich man because she had tits and blonde hair. And then she uh, basically overdosed shortly after she died, after he died and she got all the money. So she didn't really get to do much with it. Oh, bummer. Yeah, it was kind of unfortunate. <laughs> that was a great performance, Adam. I don't know what you want from me. <laughs> was, no, it was fine. That was the perfect No, I think that was perfect. <laughs> and we do not have a Patreon here at Gotta Get Out of This Town, but you are always free to romance us, leave us your money, and or die in our bathtub. It's okay. We know a guy for that. (laughs) Good night, everyone. Give us money. Bye. Good night.